Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. It's it's time, Tom. It is time. Hi, hi everyone. Hello, everyone. My name is David Bell. My name is Tom Ryman. And we just watched Halloween Ends. It ends at long yeah, last, it, Dave. It sure does. <laughs> Never going to make another one after this. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> certain that I saw him watching me. You pretend like you moved on, but you're actually just obsessed with death. What are you gonna do when Michael comes back for you? Because he is coming. But this time, something feels different. He's more dangerous. All right. I, so, bet, I bet they reboot this in five years. Of course they do. Yeah. So what happened actually is this got reverted back to s- another producer and you just, they're not going to sit on it. Like they're going to make more. Of course they're well, going to make like more. The, isn't it the son of the original producer? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and he, yeah, he, he is more or less said like, yeah, of course I'll make more. Of, why like, wouldn't you? Why wouldn't why? you just crank these out? Like, yeah, if I were him, love I would them, do it. They go see him. Like, whatever. It's fine. John Carpenter gets money. He get, As uh, long as John Carpenter's getting paid, I don't care. Yeah. So this, so listen, we, we actually covered the first two of these, this reboot. And <laughs> we made we, a conscious choice. Did we choice. cover the second yeah. one? I believe we did. Dave, uh, I have no me memory of that. I have no memory of that. If we no, did. why would you? <laughs> I'm almost certain we covered both, but maybe I'm Boy, wrong. All I don't I know think is we that did, but maybe we did. I could have sworn. Someone tell me, what is it called? Halloween Kills? Halloween Kills, yeah. I'll look it up. But what I was getting at is that we made a conscious effort not to cover Halloween Ends. Uh, yeah, we covered yeah, Halloween we made Kills. A de- we made a decision not to cover it, yeah. Yeah, we did cover Halloween Kills. Um, man, I, I'm gonna have to is, go listen to that episode because I don't, I don't remember us talking about that movie ever. Yeah, and personally, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't watch this movie for the longest time because of Halloween Kills. Uh, this is all to say big thank you to Barry Tumath, thank uh, you, formerly Burrito Mouth. Oh, they, um, okay. Uh, they, I don't, I hope I didn't just blow you up there, Barry. I hope you weren't on the on the lamb from your crimes as Burrito Mouth, but um point is is that they they clearly thought no we you need to end this gotta get all three sure yeah that's fine and uh thank you for that and honestly uh, why why not why not sure um, i mean it's yeah I, I i watched this when it came to peacock uh initially right. back in i guess october maybe me too um and and then and, i rewatched it for for today yeah exactly and i uh I watched it even though I, I yeah, I, I avoided it for the longest time. And then I just had a free afternoon and a, or a night and I popped it on. And I wasn't really paying attention to it. 
this time I paid a lot more attention to it. Uh, and that's all to say it's it's bad. It was is, bad the first time I watched it, and it's worse this time. This is a very bad movie. I think it's better than Halloween Kills. Um, I think they should have reversed the order of the sequels. Like, I think this should have been the second one. I have... If they were going to go... Yeah, if they so were going to... If they were going to really execute what it seems like they were trying to execute, which is that Michael Myers is a metaphor, um, then it, it feels like this really should have been the second one. And then the third I one have, should have been hysteria yeah. overtaking the town. I don't know. Anyway, I have similar thoughts on this. So I, I, I have five pages of notes uh, about why this movie is bad. And the first and main reason is, and I don't know, I, I didn't check behind the scenes. Um, my impression of this is that it's like the Star Wars, the new Star Wars, which is that they simply didn't have a plan for each movie. No, they, That's clear, what it they feels clearly like. didn't. It's this as a... Okay, so as a movie on its own, this is just kind of like weird and boring. Um, yeah. But as the conclusion to a trilogy, it really makes it clear that all three movies are kind of rambling and don't have a right. plan. Like you said, they're very much like the Star Wars movies. Yeah, like they're not, have some They're reasons. not cohesive. There's an idea here about Michael Myers being a metaphor for evil, trauma, grief, a bunch of things that could have worked. Like, I see what they were trying to do. Um, yep. But they just didn't do the work to 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 earn this. So they no. they they do this last movie where it's all of a sudden really um not esoteric, but like really um not literal to the point where like I don't think any other character aside from Lord like one of the biggest problems with this movie is in order to pull off the idea that Michael Myers is this metaphor. Every other character outside of Laurie has to be a metaphor because they all right. behave in ways that don't make any sense in yeah. order to serve this idea that, oh, this whole trilogy has been about Laurie working through her grief and trauma. So that means like right. none of the other characters, they don't seem real in this yeah. movie. Also, like, if that is the metaphor, the, I'm, there's touches of it in the other films, but they needed to establish that from the beginning. Really needed to hit it harder from the from out of the gate. Yeah, yeah. And I want to start with Corey because Corey is, of course, people have literally been, done fan edits like editing Corey out uh, because this movie introduces a character in the third film that should have been never a good move from the start. Never a good move. They, to yeah, introduce if, a brand new character that's the main focus of the final installment of the trilogy. Bad yeah, it's idea. A real, it's a real somehow Palpatine returned situation. Yeah, it's, it's, there's, a, there's a screenwriting rule that you never introduce a major character after Act 2. And yeah. this is like, there it is. <laughs> yep. So uh, this, this movie starts with a babysitter with just the shittiest kid. Um, yeah, real asshole and, kid. Real Danny yeah, McBride a, written kid. Yeah. And this this made me laugh out loud, and I don't think it should have. The kid locks him in the attic, and then like a like a fucking Ben Stiller movie, he like he's like I'm gonna kill you, and opens the door, slams it open, and the parents walk in just as they hear this, and he hits the kid with the door, and the kid falls down You're the right. stairs, and there's this big fancy stairs, so with the big pit, and he goes wow and slams on the ground, and I laughed it's, so hard. You're right. It is like a meet the parents bit. It is. Um, but that idea, so if, if they actually knew what they're doing, I would argue that should have been the first scene of the first Halloween. 
if or the, they or the wanted second, to make or the second, but yeah, or the second, but like that's I guess that's the thing is the Corey arc, the idea of it, what you were saying, the broad strokes of this passing on, that like I I see moments in this where I'm like, oh, that's where the second film, like for example, when he takes Michael Myers' mask and goes off into the night, yeah. That should have been the end of the second film, in my right. opinion. If, yeah, and if, then the third film could have been him on a killing spree, and then Michael Myers also on a killing spree trying to get his mask. Like there are there are stuff that they could have done that would have made this work as a trilogy, but instead they backload it because yeah. they had they like suddenly got this idea and they're like, oh, let's do that. Right. It's like uh, they're retroactively trying to make the trilogy this yeah. um, not surreal, but kind of. Um, the word is escaping me, but they, it's like they retroactively tried to make the whole trilogy about this idea that Michael Myers is actually a metaphor for a number of different things, all related to trauma. And they, yeah. and they very, that's, that's something I wanted to, to hit on is a lot of the interviews about this movie when it was coming out, uh, they all loudly proclaimed that this movie was about grief and trauma, specifically trauma. Right, which but as, so as is a far, lot of horror movies. As but far yeah. as I can tell, Dave, the only thing this movie says about trauma is that it doesn't belong to you. And yeah, I'm not and sure also, that's a very responsible thing to say about trauma. It's also the same with, if you remember, the second movie seemed to be about mob justice. And this one ends with, like, mob justice is okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's... Uh, well, we're, they, all, we're all going to grind him up. So, okay, Spoilers. so... So, okay, so let me let me just kind of read my notes here <laughs> because I had I had thoughts about that. Well, so, okay, well, do we want to do this sexually? Because we got, I do want to keep talking about why this movie clearly was made up as it went along and things that they should have, like very clear signs of it. Um, but we can, we can jump around. It's okay. So, yeah, I just wanted to say, so the, basically the reason why this, trying to retroactively make this trilogy about Michael Myers as a metaphor uh, right. makes the whole trilogy fall apart. So I get that in the first movie, Laurie has is in her own prison of her own making, and Michael is in his own prison. Um, but there's like no, they 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 keep repeating this idea in in this movie in Halloween Ends that oh Laurie taunted him and what Laurie was doing provoked Michael, but she doesn't do anything. She's just been doing no. the same thing she's been doing for the past thirty years, which is turning her house into a fortress. Michael breaks out like incidentally because a couple of podcasters come and talk to him. Um, right. So there's no inciting incident that has anything to do with Laurie doing anything differently than what she's been doing for the past 30 years. She's just been preparing for the day that Michael breaks out. It creates a situation where when that woman confronts her in the parking lot, she just seems unreasonable yeah. and shitty. Yeah. As an aside, she is one of the two only black characters, I believe, and they're both shitty people. Not, I don't think that was intentional, but that just hit me this time where I was like, ooh. Oh, well... <laughs> That, like again, there not, is that. Not, there I don't is think that, it's like, intentional. But, there is like, that damn. marshal in the cowboy hat that just doesn't. Oh, you're matter. right. Who shows up at the very end? It yeah, just yeah, doesn't yeah, matter right. at all. Because um, it's you, that woman and the DJ, and they're both like weirdly hostile. Well, there's uh, also the lady that got stabbed in the neck in this, and that's who she's talking about. Right. Uh, there's that lady who got stabbed in the. I think the second movie, um, right. or maybe the no. I think uh, it was the it was first. The movie. Second, it I was think. The, I don't no, know. I think it was the first movie. Anyway. I, I also want to note the part where he runs into the mom at the bar. They they repeat the same thing is hilarious because why is that mom at the party bar? Like it's so it, it, that made me laugh too. Where it's like this teen party bar 
or a young adult, and they're all like, woo, and he sits down oh. to get a beer, and the grieving mom is there, and oh, I'm like, what I the can, fuck? That, that wasn't weird to me. I can explain that. Well, I, I know she's, like, drinking her, <laughs> her sorrows her on Halloween. Her life is bad, Dave. Yeah, I <laughs> that's, know, I That's know. why it's she's just, at the teen party there's something. There was just something really funny about her popping yeah, it was up a little that funny. That it, it, was, it was a little convenient that she just happened to be there. But, um, yeah. okay, so on this, uh, so there's no, like, inciting incident that Lori does. There's no action she takes to make Michael break out of prison, which right. is kind of necessary for this idea if Michael is supposed to be a metaphor. Um, right. So, like, people's interest in Michael never went away. So, like, in this movie, we don't... Michael Myers doesn't show up until the, the, the hour mark uh, because people have sort of forgotten about him. So he's, he's living literally underground and he's weak. Um, yeah. But, like, in the first movie, people hadn't forgot about him. Like, he's still... They talk about him constantly. Obviously, Laurie is still um, uh, uh, preparing for his eventual breaking out. Um, so, there, but there's just, like, no... So, he, so he's at, like, normal power, I guess, but there's no, like exceptional incident that gives him the additional power to break out so that already like from jump like if you're going to retroactively try to introduce this idea of him as a metaphor that is powered by people's belief in him it doesn't right. work because it doesn't make sense in that first movie um he just incidentally breaks out and in the second movie michael's like unstoppable power is supposed to be fueled by the hysteria of the town right yeah. So he gains power from the town's hysteria. But then why does he suddenly disappear and go underground at the end of that movie? Like, the hysteria doesn't die. Like, he killed half the town. Like, they this wouldn't is, stop thinking about him. Yeah. So this is what I was actually going to talk about, which is because one of the symptoms of it clear that they didn't know what they were going to make as they're making is that they constantly go back and forth. They repeat stuff. Michael is gone for a while. Then he comes back. Then he's gone for a while. People forget, and then they don't. Lori is healing, and then she's not healing. The thing is, they, this, don't, they don't do anything different to, make, no, to and, make him come back to the surface. Yeah, and it in fact fucks up Lori. Because what I want to... This, this is kind of a different conversation, but I think this movie did a big disservice to Lori's character. Because the first movie starts with Myers in... He's, he's in jail right? He's in custody. He's in turbo um, jail. Yeah, he's in turbo jail. What's Lori doing? She's in hiding, right? Um, she's which in, is, her own, she's in her own jail. I get it. Yeah. I get. No, no, I appreciate yeah, that. I, I understand it. it. It's yeah. fine. But let's think about what happens in Halloween 2, in Halloween Kills. He, it, it ends with him killing her daughter. And it's seen as this really dark ending, right? And in this one, what is she doing? She's healed and written a book. And I was like, shouldn't yeah, that be and reversed? The, and the town wouldn't has that, moved on. The town has yeah. moved on. Wouldn't it make more sense for the first movie, even though I get that metaphor, wouldn't it make more sense for her to be writing her book at the beginning of Halloween? And then by this movie, she's she's that makes more thematic sense, right? Third act shit. Darker. Everything's darker. She should be in hiding in this movie because of Michael Myers killed her fucking daughter. Or at the very and instead, at the she's very like, least, I'm healing now. Yeah, and it's at, like, are you? Why are you healing in this movie? At the very least, in the second movie. Yeah, and so like that, like this, these, shit the, like that. This narrative is out of order to do the things yeah. that it wants to do. Because they didn't have any plan. Because they wanted this to begin with her writing a book and healing. And it's like, well, you already, like, stop, like, it's because they fucked it up. Because they were like, well, we already had Laurie in hiding and obsessed with Michael. What's another place for us to start? 
there's a lot of that where they like wanted things. Her relationship with Corey feels like that, which is that if you remember, she turns on Corey because he stands behind a bush and gets uh, Michael's eyes. It's, yeah, and it's, it's like, it's, what does that fucking mean? It's very stupid. It's very yeah. stupid. And so they want to do this thing where they want to have her distrust Corey, but they don't want her to be like, ooh, I hate that kid because he killed a child because that's a, an accident. So it starts with her liking Corey, and then she has to not like him. And so they have to think of a reason, and the reason is, is doesn't make much sense. So no. it's a lot of that where it's like, I think they just wanted her to start here, but it doesn't make sense with the last film. And they have to be, the problem is they have to do this front loading of lore to justify it where they're like yeah michael killed my daughter and then you know i healed and got over it yeah, and it it's was like, fine oh, it's like, really yeah shouldn't shouldn't michael have been underground and weak in the first movie because he's right. been in prison for 40 years and and people have almost forgot about him shouldn't he be weak right. then because Everything's if he's out of only, order because if even yeah. if you cast it as it's all about laurie's trauma um, and everything is metaphorical to Laurie. Like none of the other characters actually exist, which is kind of what this this movie feels like. Because yeah. none, none of the characters behave in a way that makes any sense for a, a real human being. Um, wouldn't like wouldn't that that first like it doesn't make sense that Michael would be so. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is yeah. It's a very frustrating film because or trilogy rather. Yeah. Um, because it, again, it's very clear that they just had no fucking clue. Yeah. It's so weird because it's like, it felt like they were going to make three. And if you're going to make three, why didn't you, what you have an think idea about? Yeah. Why don't you have an idea? Howling kills is very much that too, is that they clearly were like, I think there's this feeling where it's like, they're so overwhelmed with all the fandom and they want to do a bunch of things, but they couldn't, they couldn't get over that. And so, like, the second movie is like, oh, we kind of want to do the original Halloween 2, where it takes place right after the first. And it's like, okay. But then, and then they do this whole, like, mob justice thing, and they, and like, mob panic, rather. And then Lori's barely in it, as she's barely in this one as well. Uh, and they, they don't know who they're really focusing on in that one. And again, like, that should have been setting up Corey. That should have easily been setting up Corey. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think Corey should have been the first film as a background character. In the second film, we could have seen them turning against Corey. And the realization is, oh, this is about... And then by the end of the second film, he puts on the mask. And you're like, shit, I get it. Mm -hmm. And then the third film is more fun in games where it's like, you know, Corey going out and then Michael Myers going out. Like, I think the second one, Michael Myers could have been more in the sewers for that. Um there's just there's just like a clear yeah it, it it's just so bizarre to see three movies that seem entirely different from each other that are all written by the same people uh that they seem like conflicting um i also want to point out uh that there is so many elements in this film that are just pulled from other mostly halloween films michael myers lived in the sewers in halloween resurrection um the garbage disposal is straight from Halloween H2O. Um, the Rob Zombie Halloween 2 starts with um, Michael Myers in hiding and I believe a book. Um, the uh, Corey, this isn't Halloween, but he's basically like, what is it? Friday the 13th New part Beginning? Five. Like yeah. part, part five. five. Yeah. They're, he's also specifically designed after Arnie and Christine. And it's just like, it just feels like a big, messy 
we love horror movies and we want to do all the things. Um, and that's okay, but it ended up being, you know, it's just, such it's, a dry not, it's not cohesive. Yeah. It's just this, it's rambling. Like the, yeah, this movie, this movie especially is, feels rambling. But when, when you consider it as the final installment of a trilogy, it makes the whole story really, really rambling. Yes. Um, and it's also if, like, oh, go on. So even if you consider, um, all of the characters as representative of so if like the if the idea is that they're all um, metaphors for Lori's grief and it's all about her having to come to terms with it like it doesn't make any sense because it's just about um like her I guess you could say it's about like her grief or like the evil infecting people but she doesn't right. really do anything. Like, like it's, it's so, it's such a weird statement if that's what they're going for, because like they have the first movie where she's preparing for it, like a doomsday prepper. And that was apparently the wrong answer. And then it's, it's basically that bleeds over to the second movie, um, because the second movie takes place on the same night. So the third movie is supposed to be some time has passed. She, she's healed. She's come to terms with it. She's trying to raise her grandmother, um, and has very, like at one point when um uh her granddaughter Allison is mad, she's like punching the microwave and she's like, Oh, calm down, calm down. She's like, Well, can I just be angry? And she's like, Well, yeah, you can be angry, but be careful. Um, because uh, being angry can smash and smashing things is fine, but it can become addictive if you're not careful. So it seems like in the third movie, she's in a good place as far as coming to terms with what happened to her, like right. her trauma. But then it's like, no, it has this really confusing message of like no, it has to infect her granddaughter and has to infect her granddaughter's boyfriend. And they're going to be these weird Bonnie and Clyde murder duo almost. And then like, actually what you need to do is, is stake your trauma down on, on the kitchen Island and slash its throat and cut its wrist. It's like, right. I don't know what you're saying about this. I don't know what you're trying to say. I, like, guess I have no idea what you're justice. trying to say. <laughs> like, yeah. Where the, the second film is like mob justice, be careful. And then at the end of this one, they're like, where he literally says like, that's not how we do things. And he's like, we do it this way tonight. And it's like, oh, okay. So this is good. You're right. Cause uh, it's like it the town needs to heal. It's trying to <laughs> right, say. Cause in, in, yeah. the, in the previous film in Halloween kills, the mob justice thing was bad. Cause yeah. they, they killed the wrong person. Um, they overextend themselves and Michael murders them all anyway, somehow like a, right. he, gets, he just is supernaturally powerful at the end of that. But apparently a, as soon as that movie ended, he just withered away into nothing and had to go hide underground because these movies are bad and, and think yeah. we're all stupid. Um, yeah. If people are asking why we're so mad. I want to explain that actually. Okay. Um, because I, I have, I have a very specific reason I'm mad at this movie. Um, I have, I have a whole section or I made notes that kept saying, so this is really what they thought we wanted. Um, and I guess what I want to uh, point out is this is probably the last time Jamie Lee Curtis will do a Halloween movie. Oh, yeah. This is the last time. And that really bothers me because what they thought we wanted was a Halloween where Michael Myers shows up 40 minutes in and then doesn't and barely shows up. And then 15 minutes later, finally gets a kill. His kill count, he kills three people. And I'm not saying the quality of Halloween films is how many people Michael Myers killed, but that's, you know, that I think that like 
kind of reflects it. Also, the murdering and the horror part doesn't start until about an hour and 20 minutes, which again, the original Halloween had a lot of lead up. It had a lot of tension. There's nothing wrong with that. Because it was building tension. This movie doesn't exactly. do that. This doesn't. And instead, it's about fucking Corey and his and and her granddaughter. And like the scenes where they're like they're they're like emo music's playing and they're on their motorcycles or like they're on the radio station and they're talking like about their feelings and stuff. I kept having these moments of like, really? This is what you thought we wanted for Jamie Lee Curtis's last Halloween movie? This is what it was. Like, not about her. Not about any, like, she's a background character. Even if, like, I don't, I'm going to be coming at it. Yeah. Uh, Finish finish your thought. It just feels so off the mark. And it feels like one of the things I noticed in this one is why do they keep emphasizing the radio station? It's constant. In this movie, there's billboards for the radio station. Corey keeps looking to the radio station tower. The idea that evil spreads. That it's contagious. I guess, yeah. But that, that just reinforces the idea that Lori's trauma doesn't belong to her, which is a really right. weird thing to say. Like, I don't understand what this movie thinks it's even saying about anything. Yeah. Um, like, I think... Like, I don't mind necessarily... Like, I don't... Like, I'm not... My issue with this movie is not that it doesn't give fans what they wanted, because I, I'll never stand by that, really. Um, I understand what you're saying, but I think that that would have been solved. Like, I think you could still have Corey if you didn't have to fucking pack this film with Corey. Right. He should if have been introduced a, earlier. And because, exactly, he, like, because he wasn't, make this character the granddaughter. Yes. This is just all about Because if you're Corey. if you're talking about how if you don't deal with trauma, it infects subsequent generations, it infects everybody around you, then it should have been her granddaughter. Like right. By Allison the way, should have been the one who accidentally killed a kid while she was babysitting him and is now yeah. at risk of being infected by this evil that is consumed Lori and is is powering Michael. Like if that's the statement you wanted to make, that's the way you do it. Yep. Like don't and introduce a brand movie. new fucking character in the final film of the trilogy. Yeah. That we have no it's, reason to care about. And then we only spend time with him for the first hour of this movie. It's awful. Um, by the way, also the spreading of trauma. Didn't they do that already in one of the sequels with the little girl? They do the thing where it, I think it's Halloween five. Oh, it's the fuck, one, I think dude, it's the curse of Michael Myers. They literally do a thing where um, for the whole movie, spoilers for this Halloween sequel, where Michael Myers is going after a little girl because she's the last like surviving. I think that's five. Uh, sibling it's his niece or something and then it ends with her putting on a mask and killing her sister or something like well, that we do that in jason with tommy jarvis yeah exactly like that's it's, they they introduce tommy in 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 four and then in five he puts the mask on at the very end like he's gonna be right. jason now like this is it's not even a new idea yeah and like obviously like people hated it so much in friday the 13th that they immediately bought it back for part six and brought jason back but like they at least did it in a way that made sense because it was a character we already knew. We understood why he would be in this position to inherit this trauma because he saw Jason murder a bunch of people he cared about and then took part in Jason's killing. Like he's the, he, Tommy was the one who smashes Jason's fucking head apart with a machete at the end of the movie. Yeah. Um, So it makes sense that he would be, vulnerable to this but in this movie they introduce a brand new character that we don't give a fuck about has not had anything to do with the previous two movies like and then we're supposed to like 
my goodness, like it's not even a new idea that you're doing and it's been done clumsily before, but more effectively even then, like even in the fifth Friday, the 13th movie, they did this better than you guys did it. Yeah. Just burn it all to the ground, Tom. It's so dumb. You're supposed Tom, you're supposed to say, I'll light the match, Tom. Mm -mm. Nope. I'll light the match. No. It's Mm -mm. man. It's also like, so they have to. And I guess, like, if I'm giving this movie the hugest benefit of the doubt, um, like I've already alluded to, you could look at it as, like, none of the other characters are real. They're just, like... They're in her head. They're, well, meta- that would they're explain... all metaphors for, for what Laurie is working through. But even, would ex- like, yeah. even then, like, it's really hard to explain why Allison, the granddaughter, is just instantly smitten with uh, Corey. That would yes. I and was nobody, say, nobody, nobody makes a decision in this movie that makes any sense. Like the whole town is mad at Lori because for Michael Myers. Like why? Why they're like you yeah. provoked that man? How the fuck did she provoke him? He was in jail. Yeah. She wasn't sending him letters. Yeah. Well, no. This is okay. I wanted to get into this. He broke out independently of anything to do with Lori, and then came because, right back to Haddonfield and started murdering people. I want to get into this because there's a lot of things in this movie besides the broad strokes. Cause we've been talking about the broad strokes um, that just don't make any sense. Michael Myers. So they push, they push Corey off a bridge. They sure do. Uh, the band, and then Michael, the fucking marching band bullies. Yes. They're in the, oh, the yeah, marching uh, band let's, and let's they're with those. bullies. Those bullies do not exist. No, they don't. They're Stephen King bullies teens that are bullying like a 25 year old like a 25 year old who killed someone yeah you wouldn't bully that guy you'd stay far the fuck away from him he he gets so mad he breaks um he crushes a bottle of yoohoo in his fucking hand and they reply by going uh i look i wrote it down one of them goes look at you got milk everywhere (laughs) that is hulk (laughs) strength yeah like that's alarming that that guy did that there's some of the worst characters they shove him off a bridge and then michael myers drags Corey into the sewer and i was like finally they're gonna kill Corey. thank god but no he doesn't kill Corey. he drags him into a sewer and then goes and waits and hides right that is what michael myers does because Corey gets dragged into the sewer and then they show him waking up the idea is that Michael's weak and he's going to infect like, this new kid but it it it's so clumsy like it's, it's so weird why is he weak if the whole town is still so angry about Michael Myers that they're bullying the shit out of this kid and calling him right. Michael Myers and that Laurie can't go to the grocery store without getting berated by people for antagonizing Michael Myers yeah. it makes no sense that Michael would be weak in this situation yeah. if if you're going with the idea that he's a metaphor and he's powered by people's belief in him and he's powered by the the trauma or the grief it doesn't make any fucking sense it doesn't also this movie can't decide if it's supernatural or not really because yeah you're right i i interpreted that as he gave Corey the evil but they the also evil. like yeah. yeah but also like then what is the point of him killing that kid at the beginning because like if if evil isn't like there's two messages there is the idea of like, oh, we make our boogeymen. But no, we don't because Michael Myers literally infects Corey with well, boogeyman. Uh, here's, uh, here's what I will so, say. Here's what I will say to that. There, it's clumsy, but I get it. He killed a kid by accident and he's vilified by the town. So they're making him into the boogeyman. Right. That kid had it coming too. 
that kid sucked. Yeah. That yeah. kid deserved to get thrown off the six cent stairs. Yes. Like, I'm pretty sure those are the same staircases. That, I'm almost sorry. Oh, anyway. another, sorry. This is a nitpick. Later, he goes to the abandoned house. And I was like, in this housing market? No, I'm sorry. Nope. No one would care that ki- that a kid died in there. A three-story <laughs> would... house would not stay abandoned. No, it would not. In a small town in <laughs> Illinois. No. But that's a nitpick. Yeah. Um. So, like, I, yeah. I, like I get that that's what they're going for with that idea but boy it's just not it's not executed well it doesn't none of this is really present in a way that's detectable in the first two movies Uh, i I guess it is a little bit in the second movie because michael gets driven more and more into a frenzy the more the the town tries to fight back but it just feels like the rules yeah they're the rules are unclear yeah Um, it's a again is he supernatural if he's supernatural what what are the rules of it well he's he's Um, clearly supernatural because murdering heal like murdering the murder heals Corey's hand so it's right they are explicitly telling us that this is a supernatural thing that's right so i guess the question is then how is he supernatural it uh, i don't know it doesn't matter but like I want to. I want to move on. Okay, yeah, let's move Sorry. on. Yeah, <laughs> I. I want to. Well, this is not moving on, but it is. I want to talk about. Um. Oh wait. So real quick, the girl. Uh, <laughs> under who's crushed under the gate says Stacy's or no, the guy walks up to him and goes Stacy's dead. She replies, "You're dead too." Who would say that? Nobody who would, would say, say that? that. Nobody would. She yeah. would say, "Look out." Yeah. She would she, say, or she say, "Oh you. my god." Yeah. Good she God. would say yeah, something. Now's not the time for a fucking quip. She wouldn't like do an um, artful quip like she knows she's in a movie. Yeah. Again, nitpick. Not nitpick. It's not Lori... a nitpick. It's a, it's a, it's it's emblematic of the problem with this film. Yes. Well, okay. So I want to talk that about the nobody ending. behaves like a human being, and this movie thinks it's way more clever than it actually is. Yeah. So the ending of this movie is Lori. Uh, her grandkid runs off with Corey. And Lori, they've been, they set it up a little bit, which is like, I don't know what Lori's going to do without you. So Lori goes upstairs and this she is, gets a gun out. This is embarrassing. Yes. This continue. is embarrassing. And she gets the gun out and she loads it and she's crying and she's sad. And then she calls the cops and reports a suicide. And we're like, oh, fuck, she's going to kill herself. And then she points the gun to her head. Then we cut to Corey creeping up the stairs. Oh, no, no, Dave. It, pan- oh, it pans over to the wall and we hear the gun go off and oh, yeah, some, no, and, uh, some detritus hits the wall. Yes. But th- no, no, that is the same as when he's, it's from, it's him creeping up the stairs. Um, it doesn't matter because it's stupid both ways. Uh, and then it's, he I walks think it's, in. It's more stupid. The idea that, yeah, okay, anyway. No. So then she's pointing the gun at him and says, Do you, did you really think I'd kill myself? So when I first watched the scene, I thought, oh, maybe she was going to start to kill herself, and then she heard somebody. But no, she explicitly says this is a ruse. But the question, obviously, is who was the ruse for? Because no one's in the room with her. No one's in the room. So why did she pretend to shoot herself? Like, the reveal is that she actually shot a pumpkin, and the pumpkin splattered its pumpkin guts on the wall. But why would you do that? That's for nobody's benefit except for the people watching the movie, because nobody's in the room with her. Yeah, even if she thinks like, oh, maybe someone's in the hallway at that time, she's still all the lead up is still like, why is she doing that? Why would she report a suicide? Because it's more likely Corey's not listening. You're right. Corey's not listening to the police band. 
Right. But Corey like, doesn't know that she's up there planning to shoot herself in the head or planning to exactly. fake shooting herself in the head. And Wh- then she pretends is- to she shoots a pumpkin. So it splatters yeah. on the wall to fake us out like that's. Mm. <laughs> and then <laughs> nobody and so else here, is in the room, Dave. That is right. just for us. That's just and for so the audience. It keeps going, though, because then she has this she shoots at Corey and then she like she puts Corey in a position where he has the knife and she says to him. You came here to kill me, so do it. And and then the car rolls up. And so I think the idea here is she does want Corey to kill her in front of her granddaughter, Allison, because she, I think, I'm yeah, not she sure. wants to prove that Corey's bad, I guess. Right, but she doesn't know Allison is coming there. Nope. She she has no idea no nope. so i'm i'm so fucking confused about okay she called it a suicide she should have said there's a break-in right i think it's michael myers because everybody would come there immediately but she doesn't do that nope uh and then she fake kills herself and then she wants to real kill herself and i'm like what what is what is going on and then Corey, on his side um well then she says did you really think that allison was going to be with you a lot of did you really thinks in this part and i'm like all right uh that's just bad writing um and so i think she was gonna like so she was gonna fake her suicide so Corey could walk in and then she could shoot Corey so that Corey could kill her and then Corey slits his own throat and now i have a question about what Corey wants because Corey was like hey allison that's the the granddaughter meet me at this diner right mm-hmm. and then he stands her up but he so he makes those plans maybe at the diner and then immediately goes to michael myers and grabs the mask and then is like i'm gonna be michael myers so did he not never intend to meet her at the diner because he then he says like i think i don't know i don't know either because then (laughs) he goes on a killing spree i was like what was the diner what was the point of having her meet him at the diner if he was just gonna go on a killing spree and then he shows up at laurie's house um, to kill her and it's like okay maybe he was trying to distract her and and so he so it seems like Corey wants to live and kill Lori and stuff well, and a- then in this moment he slits his own throat and it's like i don't know why you did that Corey. there's an I don't element know why anybody is doing anything at this point there's an element here where you have to sort of disregard the well i guess you don't have to but there's an element where Corey and Allison are trying to reject the trauma that their parents' generation is trying to foist upon them. Right. Um, And I get that. That's fine. That's, you know, an acceptable premise. But, like... But the metaphors are making the actual actions in the movie. There's like three or, no there's three or four mixed metaphors here. So yeah. it's like, so it, it just culminates in people doing things that make no fucking sense constantly. Right. Yeah, I don't know what Corey wanted. I don't and know like, what he was trying this, to do from beginning right, to end. Right, and this collision here is, like, I think the best example of it, because Lori, like, calling cops and saying there's a suicide, faking her suicide for nobody's benefit from the except for the audience, um, attacking Corey and goading him into killing her um, so that the cops will show up after she called in a suicide, and then she's there murdered. Like, I don't... Yeah, I don't and know what And then Corey stabs himself in the neck because he's like, well, if I can't have Allison, nobody can have her. I sort of get that a little bit because he's like, well, if we can't live without carrying your baggage, then fuck it. I sort of get that, but it's not consistent with anything else he does. Yeah. 
No, because they again they wanted they it's this idea of like we love elevated horror we love we love Jordan Peele but the idea the way that works is that it all fits naturally you with kinda the characters. You kind of have to be Jordan Peele to do like you, you yeah, need to, you you need to be a little to, smart about it if you're gonna do it. It has to work on both levels, right? And this doesn't work on either because it's so messy and right like, it's so, it's so like the mixed so it doesn't like work on a it doesn't just... it doesn't work on a literal level and it doesn't work on a metaphorical level yeah they're like sims that people are just like controlling yeah. and making do various things um and then michael myers finally fucking shows up and what the fans have been waiting for is five minutes of this film and i know you're right where it's like they don't have to bow down to fans but it's so anticlimactic that when Lori finally faces her trauma, there's not even like a moment like spent on it. She's just like, oh, Michael Myers is here. And then like five minutes later, it's over. And it's like, really? So that's what this was leading up to is like f- one person of the film. Like imagine a whole cat and mouse between them. Like Halloween Kills. I thought that was going to be a cat and mouse between them in like the in like a hospital, much like Halloween 2. Um, and yeah, like this idea of the town, like being like, no, fuck this guy like that. Right. That was an interesting idea that they just squandered. <laughs> right. It literally like she finds out Michael Myers is back and kills him within the span of five minutes. Very and easily, like, too. She very easily kills him. Yeah. And it's and she, like, she, what she, was spent, the f- she spent 30 years or 40 years making her house into a fortress. It was this elaborate plan. They barely make it out alive and it doesn't even kill Michael successfully. So he goes and tears through the town after that. But it turns out that she could just take him out in a fucking fist fight in the kitchen. Yep. It, it's so it's such a clear like they, they it felt like they wrote the screenplay and was like, oh, wait, we forgot to have Michael Myers and Laurie to have interact. And they just added it. It feels like that. It's like this weird footnote on the film. Like uh, she she stakes him down to the kitchen island, drops a refrigerator on his leg so he can't get up, stabs him in the heart, and then slashes his throat and his wrists. And it's like, we've seen Michael explode before. Yeah. Like, why is this going to sudden... Like, her plan in the first movie trapped him in the basement of her house, and she burned the house down around him, and he lived through that. Right. It's like she ha- she spent four decades of preparation to take this motherfucker out, and it didn't work. And then yeah. she kills him pretty easily in a fist fight in a kitchen. Yep. It's really like... <laughs> and then they not- do mob justice on him, and she writes about it in her book. And yeah. I was like, you sh- probably shouldn't Probably do shouldn't that. write about Lord. that. Yeah. That's going to um, get you in trouble. Like, I get that. Like, I'm not coming at it from like, oh, Michael's super strong, and they nerfed him in this fight. I'm just going by the rules rules. that this trilogy has laid out for us. And it's like, even if he is so reduced by people's lack of belief in him, like it doesn't add up because the town clearly hasn't stopped being obsessed with Michael Myers. Every single scene, some character brings up Michael Myers. So it's like, nobody's stopped thinking about him. So it's not like, Nobody's clapping uh, to believe in fairies, so Tinkerbell won't come back to life. You know what I mean? It's like if you're go, it's it's like we already said. Like the the movie is trying to to work on two levels, but is not reconciling them. So it doesn't work as like a logical narrative, and it doesn't work as a metaphor because it's not yeah. thought out. It doesn't 
It doesn't it also jive. Just, it also just doesn't work thematically in the sense that, like, imagine if the third Lord of the Rings, Sauron was, like, not really an issue. Like, and they were like, and there's this new guy. And he's, take, like, it's that where Michael Myers is the enemy. He is the antagonist of the, the Halloween films. Uh, period. And it's okay to do this idea of Corey. It is okay. But to have him so weak that he's barely an issue at the third film is like, well, okay. I mean, that, that was, that's like such a thematic mistake in like how movies and trilogies should set up where it's like, no, the third film is where shit goes down. Right. And And he should be more powerful than ever. There's a moment I want to call out here because... Michael drags Corey into the sewer, right? And yeah. Corey essentially feeds him a victim um, to help him gain his power, and it heals him. And then they go murder the doctor and his his lover together. Yeah, um, which felt like a '90s, like a early 2000s horror. That sequence, I don't know why it sucked. It just did. To it was me. bad. Yeah, it's not. It was really it's not bad. That good. It was bad and stupid. Um, yeah, because it's also like, are they coordinating? Like, because Michael Myers is hiding in the house. It doesn't matter. Anyway, it's, it's just. Um, it was. It's stupid, Dave. It's stupid. It doesn't make any sense um yeah and they they i guess they think we're all dumb um anyway so what ends up happening is uh, you know Corey comes to the house uh to kill laurie um but ends up getting shot and stabbing himself in the throat but he's not dead right so michael shows up and kills Corey, um and i guess just uses that to fuel himself but like i feel like the way they're setting this up with the idea of Evil, evil and trauma gets passed down from generation to generation unless you deal with it. Corey should have killed Michael. Yeah, or Michael killing Corey should have made him like Super Shredder or something. Right. Like there should have been something. I think, I think, yeah. the, I think if they were, if you're going to stick with the theme, Corey should have killed Michael. And then right. Corey is like the, the thing that Laurie has to defeat because she has to come to terms with the fact that I haven't dealt with this and now it's infected the subsequent generation. And right. now I have to deal with it in the subsequent generation because I didn't deal with it 30 yeah, or 40 now, years ago. And you could argue the idea of like Michael Myers isn't one person. And so she is essentially fighting Michael Myers still, even if it's Corey. Yeah. She's like, still you fighting make that the argument. evil. The same evil. Yeah. And I think if they, if they tried to like make it more explicit that that is the, what it's in Corey is what killed her or what killed her, all the people, her, her daughter and so on. Like, and they tried to do that a little bit with like the dad being like, I looked in his eyes. It's not the same person. Um, but then, yeah, then they would have, it's almost like a producer was like, no, you can't kill Michael Myers. He has to be the final boss. So they had to like, they had to like at the last minute have Corey slit his own throat. Like it's such a, they build up Corey so much and then he's not a problem. He's, he's, he literally is not a problem for Lori. She just shoots him. He, he stabs himself throat. in the neck, and then Michael breaks his neck. Yeah. It's such it's a dumb. bummer. It's dumb. Like, there's yeah. ideas there that I recognize and appreciate, but they didn't, they didn't do it well. Period. Yeah. They really, it's really bad. Folks, this movie's really this bad. This movie's a piece of shit. Like, yeah, it's better than it, Halloween Kills, but this is a piece of shit. Yeah, and I'll say, like, there's... There's some stuff where it's like there's some talent in like the directing. There's some uh, throughout. There's some like clear. Yeah, like, David Gordon Green's not bad as a director. Yeah, for exactly. Sure. I love the use of Dead Kennedy's Halloween because it's thematically fitting. 
uh it's also just a song about halloween but like the song halloween by dead kennedys is about hiding your true self most of the year and and so on and so forth so like it, it makes sense i i think will Patton's always good especially when he plays like a uh lovesick old man like i just want to take him home i you did know? I, lo- I loved that i i did like yeah. that that they they made will Patton and and uh jamie lee curtis get together and it's oh that's yeah. sweet and she was great. I wanted to see just a love story between those two actors in another yeah. movie. Jamie Lee Curtis is obviously great. Of course she's great. Yeah. That I think that that's what I mean when I'm like, what made me mad is like, you have Jamie Lee Curtis. You have, she's there. You have Jamie Lee Curtis. This is the last she's, time you're going to get yeah. her for a Halloween movie. And she's doing great. Mm-hmm. She's killing it. Why give her something good to do? Uh, please, for the love of God. And they don't. And they're like, yeah, but what about Corey? And it's like, fuck Corey. <laughs> I don't know, man. It, like, it's, if you're going to do Corey, mm. do it right. Like, this is this is weird yeah. and clearly retroactive. It's so clearly yeah. retroactive. It is. Also, they use the Halloween 3 font, and I was like, you don't deserve that. Nope. You don't deserve Season of the Witches font. I'm nope. sorry. You don't get to be Season of the Witch, you pieces of shit. Yeah, you're not as good as Season of you're the Witch. You're not I'm as sorry. good as Season of the Witch. <laughs> and that movie didn't have Michael Myers nope. in it. How uh, dare you? Yeah. Had Tom Atkins. Bring him I back. Just, I want them to do the the original Halloween vision that John Carpenter had, where they just made new movies each year that had the same the Halloween title, but they were entirely different stories. Just do that. That would have been cool, yeah. Do that. Do that. We've done everything you can do with Michael Myers. Yeah, we've used every part of the Michael Myers. And Michael Myers is not fun in the way Again, that we're... Jason is fun or that Freddy Krueger is fun. So it's yeah. like we don't need to keep seeing him. Buster Rhymes nailed him in the balls. Buster like, Rhymes it, it... attached a car battery to his balls. Yeah, we've done everything. Yep. And to the point that this movie is repeating things, you mm-hmm. know? Everything this like... movie does is repeating something that was either done in the Halloween franchise itself or in other horror franchises that feature a slasher as the main character. Yeah. So, uh, like, so it's fucking, like this is clearly know, we're we're so beyond scraping the bottom of the barrel here. So yeah, yeah. So it's time to it's time to move on. Yeah. Basically, the most subversive thing that this movie had to offer was remaking the least liked Friday the 13th movie. Yeah. Remake. You you remade the worst Jason movie. Congratulations. Right. And yeah, like uh, going back to like, I'm not trying to attack the filmmakers because what we're saying is basically like there's nowhere to go with this franchise. It's kind of the same with Scream. Which is yeah. like the bet you could get the best filmmakers to make Scream. At least it, it's well, not going to be it's not going to be that impressive. We t- um, yeah we talked about it a little bit on the most recent hypecast, but at least Scream has the element of being a whodunit. Yeah, exactly. So it, you, there's a mystery to solve each time. Yeah, but this and is just like love, uh, who cares at this point? I, I want a Halloween whodunit where Michael Myers is there the whole time and everybody's like, who could it be? And they just like can't land on the guy. Right. He's just sitting with his hands clearly. on his knees. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just like a mansion who done it, like Clue, where one yeah. of them's Michael Myers and he never speaks. Oh, I want that. I that's want a really that good. Me. That's a really good sketch idea, actually. It is. It really <laughs> is. Like who done it? Where like one who of the people it? is just clearly like, yeah, like, like a yeah, and it's one of them is just like a fucking clearly Jason Voorhees or something. Yeah, <laughs> that's a fun idea. Oh, I like that. Let someone make that sketch. Let's make that sketch, Dave. All right. 
You guys shit. can't do it. We copyrighted that idea. Yep. Scumbags. Copyright. I just we just said it. Um anything else to say about Halloween? Uh, no, I hate this movie. I hate that I had to watch it twice. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm actually glad I did because when I watched it the first time, I wasn't paying attention and I came out of it being like, man, it's not terrible. I mean, it was still bad, but like, I was like, eh, you know, whatever. This time I'm like, okay, now that I'm paying attention, this is, this is really bad. Uh, this is a real bummer. And here's I'm glad the, we got to tell people. Here's that. the last thing I want to say about this movie. Yeah. Is that it ends um, the same way the original Halloween ends with showing the different shots of Laurie's house. Um, yeah. Except now... In the original film, it shows them all shrouded in darkness because the idea is you're you're not safe anywhere. Like you're not safe in the suburbs. You're not safe in your own home. This right. one is showing them all in in the light of day uh, to represent that Laura Laurie has worked through her trauma and now she's she's better and now she's safe in her own home. She's she's safe in the suburbs, et cetera, et cetera. This movie did not fucking earn that. No, it did you don't not. get to do that movie. Like I appreciate yeah. what you're doing, but you don't get to do that. <laughs> Yeah, don't make me think about the original You don't Halloween. deserve to, to take that victory lap, motherfucker. So. Yeah. It's a good idea. Good idea. Good idea. Yeah, like I this, said, David Gordon Green is not a bad director. Right. It's really about the script for this. It's the script. Um, is The script for all three of these movies have been trash. Yeah. Like, real trash. Like, it's these, are, these are bad movies. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, most audiences agree, at least. That makes... At least people watched this and was like, yeah, this is bad. This is not very good. <laughs> yeah. And I'm I have glad seen some people message. really trying to stick up for this movie, but it's like, no, no, like, no, no, it's not like I see what it was going for, but like recognizing that it was attempting something is not the same thing as pulling that thing off. Yeah, for sure. So yeah. I'm not going to give it credit for attempting something that it did oh, yeah. not succeed in doing. I could try to do a wheelie that... <laughs> Right, and then if I eat shit, I don't want people applauding. Right, me. I could try I mean, to do. It. I could go outside, try to do a kickflip, and fucking pile drive my head through my fucking car window. <laughs> I don't get points for doing that kickflip. Yeah, exactly. Like you fucked up. <laughs> yeah, that's not Tony Hawk. You didn't do it. <laughs> like I don't. Yeah, right. I don't get the same recognition as Tony Hawk because I'm like, oh, I'm gonna try yeah. to skateboard. Oh, I meant the game. Like you don't get the points in Tony Hawk if you right, don't right, land right. it. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. But it, yeah. yeah, same idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We love metaphors. I, I'm not the same as Tony Hawk because I attempted to do something cool on a skateboard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but John Carpenter probably got some money out of this. So, oh yeah, fun. I did want to call that out. The music is really cool in this movie. It's it's John Carpenter and his son and a third person, I think, that did the score. And it's it's like a a, a revisitation of the original Halloween score, and they add some new elements to the score, and they do some kind of cool new tricks. The score in this movie is really cool, and I like yeah. it. Yeah. This is like a compliment sandwich without the first compliment and like a mile of insults. Yeah. <laughs> between the the one piece of bread. Well, I did, I just I wanted to compliment. I wanted to make sure I called out the music because it's the only it's contribution John Carpenter made and it's genuinely good. Like yeah. they do a new version of the theme that's really good. Um the score is just good throughout. It's a good um, score. So I I didn't I didn't want to leave that on the table. Yeah, so everybody check out the score. Honestly, yeah, just download yeah. the score. Honestly, download just the score. download. You don't need to watch this movie. Download the score. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, John right. Carpenter already got paid for the movie, so just download the score and give him a little bit more money. Yeah, and honestly, it's one of the few times where I'm like, yeah, make like 
make more of these. Oh, I don't because care. John they can, Carpenter they can make gets 50 paid. more of these. I don't give a shit. Just keep paying yeah. John Carpenter. That's fine. It's not like Terminator where it's like, well, at least pay- James Cameron gets money. It's like he's he's fine. James Cameron's I mean, John Carpenter's fine. fine. John Carpenter's fine too, but you yeah. know, I John Carpenter's I want, fine I like... too, but like, yeah, he's not he's not James Cameron rich. So. Yeah, exactly. But let's make him James Cameron rich so he can yeah, explore the oceans. Let's do that. Let's let's keep making more Prince of Darkness sequels. Yes. That's oh, yes, let's do it. Yeah. Uh okay. Well, thanks for listening everybody and yeah. um a uh, big thank you to Barry to Math. They they uh they they completed the trilogy for you all. Uh and this is the end of Halloween ends. Uh this was through our Patreon and if you're interested you can go to patreon.com/gamefullyunemployed. If you go on there there's all sorts of goodies. Uh for just $5 a month you get access to Tom and Jeff watch Batman and Fox Mulder's a maniac. We also do uh, stuff with the small beans like uh, Star Trek The Next Futurama and Spielboys. Uh, we also watch movies every Friday night. That's a tier on there. There's a bunch of tiers, including a tier like where you get custom We Just Watched episodes. Yeah. So check that out. Yeah. Um, we also have a store. Yeah. Head over to GameFlanEmployed.com. You can find a link to our Teespring store where we have all kinds of cool original artwork and designs. You can get on t-shirts, mugs, stickers, posters, all sorts of crap. So check that out. Check it out. Slap don't your, you little, your little Shatner masked peepers on that. Yeah. All right. Slap your shats. <laughs> slap Game your shats. Boys. Slap your shats. Slap your shats. That needs to be a shirt, Dave. Yeah, it is now. Yeah. Yep. <laughs>